Welcome to Staying Healthy Naturally, a podcast that focuses on healthy ways to achieve optimal wellness. I'm your host, Dr. Gary Krakoff. I have a degree in naturopathic medicine and I'm a registered pharmacist. Today I'd like to welcome Dr. Christoph Merville. Dr. Merville completed his pharmacy doctorate in France in 1985. Since 2005, Dr. Merville has served as the Pharmaceutical Development Manager at Boron at the company's headquarters in Newtown Square, Pennsylvania. Dr. Merville has created educational training programs for pharmacists and retailers on homeopathy and Boron's medicines. Dr. Merville is a sought-after expert on homeopathy and its practical uses for consumers as well as medical experts. Hi, Christoph. It, this is great having you on the podcast because I think you'll be able to shed some great light on some of the myths and some of the questions about homeopathy. So thanks for joining us. Thank you, Gary. Thank you for having me. Oh, my pleasure. So I think I'd like to start with a basic question that I'm sure you get, but I get often. Um, people come in and the first question they'll have is, is homeopathy a safe and effective therapeutic method? Well, you know, it's uh, generally absolutely safe and efficient, but like power, every powerful tool, you need to use it and you need to know uh, how to apply it and when to, uh, to use it. So the global answer is yes, uh, homeopathy has a remarkable record of safety. It was uh, very early during uh, the, the first year during its creation. People really noticed the difference between the their new treatment. Even today uh, in Europe where I come from, uh, it's, a, it's a form of therapy that's uh, uh, thought after by people who ha already have a treatment, who do not want to have too many side effects, or people that uh, are sensitive or even pregnant or nursing women. So that's for the safety part. The uh, efficient part depends uh, also on the, the quality and the skills of the prescriber or the person who recommends the homeopathic medicine. Uh, <coughs> But in general, a lot of people have very good results uh, for um, many conditions. There are some exceptions, of course, where homeopathy doesn't apply. But uh, in general, that's a, a form of therapy that uh, is currently commonly used, at least in the countries like in Europe or in India or South America, as a first line uh, where you, you want to try something safe and most of the time it works. So I would say, yes, uh, homeopathy when uh, well used is safe and efficient. And part of your answer, um, I think we can even apply to any type of therapy. It's choosing the right medicine because it could be a perfect medicine. Even some of the, the pharmaceuticals are over-the-counter remedies. Uh, if you choose the wrong medicine for, the, for what you're trying to help the body with, it doesn't work. And that doesn't mean it's not a good therapy. It just means you use the wrong medicine. Yes, it, it, we, in fact, when we are using the, world, uh, the words uh, alternative therapy, homeopathy, or even conventional therapy, uh, we compare them in terms of quality of results. But a lot, a great deal depends skills of the practitioners uh, so 
uh, everything is, is really relative and individualized with homeopathy. Uh, I would not make any general, uh, general generality. There are very good physicians. There are some physicians that are a little bit less skilled, like in any art uh, or even science. And that's the case absolutely for homeopathy. Okay. Now, another question, and this is a real broad one, and I'm sure you'll be able to narrow it down. What can homeopathy be used for to relieve or treat? What sort of things, I'll even say for not someone going to a homeopath, but for, for self-treatment, what type of things can you use homeopathy for? So for self-treatment, there are two, two uh, types of, uh, of conditions where you can certainly um, look into uh, homeopathy. The first one is of course, self, self, what we call self-limiting conditions it means conditions that are uh, usually acute. Means they happen once, and they, they are, so they are not chronic. And most of the time, they will resolve uh, more or less by themselves. So homeopathy can really shorten the duration and decrease the intensity of symptoms. And that's the perfect case for self-medication where, okay, you don't want to be bothered too much by your cold. You know eventually it will go away, but still, you want to be more comfortable. That's the perfect situation where you can uh, look for uh, resources and try to find the, the correct uh, homeopathic treatment. The <coughs> So the second... Uh, the second uh, type of conditions are conditions that might be a little bit more complex, but that pharmacists know how to recognize, have enough um, skills to to say, okay, I can, uh, you know, recommend something, and uh, if within 24, 48 hours symptoms have not re receded, then you should see a physician. So those are a little bit more complex to handle, require more, more knowledge. So we are a little bit out of the scope of self-medication, but still that's where if you had a skilled pharmacist uh, near you, <laughs> you can always ask for these competent recommendations. Great. Now, with all, with all the problems that we're finding with a lot of the communicable diseases and a lot of things that people have been vaccinated for. I get a lot of questions. Can someone be vaccinated with homeopathy? Uh, the answer is very simple. It's no. Uh, although uh, historically it's very interesting to see that homeopathy and vaccination were born about the same time and their founders, Heinemann on homeopathy and Jenner, for vaccination knew each other and were exchanging. Uh, the answer today is you cannot replace a vaccine with uh, homeopathic treatment. It's a mistake and uh, it, it, it would not work. What you could do is uh, sometimes limit side effects of a vaccine, especially the most powerful one, the one that triggers a lot, a lot of immune, immune answers, so generates some pain or sensi sensibility at the injection point. You can decrease the side effect with homeopathy, but I insist you cannot vaccinate with homeopathic medicine. Great. Thank you for clearing that up. Um, so is homeopathy safe for pe if it's not a critical condition, a self-limiting, a cold or a runny nose, or you have some aches from um, having a virus or a flu or a, a minor allergy symptoms? Is homeopathy mm -hmm. safe for people to try to self-medicate? Yes. 
<coughs> especially if uh, uh, people follow the warnings that are usually on the, either on the very good books or even applications or on the um, drug facts of homeopathic medicines <coughs> people respect the warnings telling them if your symptoms do not improve after so many times or if you have a symptom that appears like a rash or a fever where uh, you know depending on the condition then yes homeopathic medicines are very safe uh, <coughs> in general it's not a statement related specifically to homeopathy but in general looking at the drug facts knowing what symptoms are critical are red flags and should trigger a visit to a healthcare professional <coughs> is important but when you remain in the, the scope of uh, uh, self-limiting conditions, symptoms like allergy, like uh, uh, PMS, like cramps for cramps, um, baby teething, and uh, a lot of different conditions like this, <coughs> homeopathy is perfectly adapted, very safe, and can be fun. The, the, what I like is in families where there is a beginning of a homeopathic culture, that means where the usually it's the mother, but not exclusively, are trying to 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 uh, are starting to use homeopathic medicine on a regular basis. What happens is that everybody is more aware of their symptoms. That means the kids <coughs> will report a tummy ache or you know a beginning of a sore throat early on. And that's the best uh, time to do something about it when it first starts especially with homeopathic medicine so uh, when you have that culture in the in the family where okay everybody's looking at the symptoms and taking uh, uh, not waiting because there is no risk of uh, uh, important side effects so there is no reason to delay the treatment and on top of it uh, uh, there is that uh, how can I say uh, management of the health of the family health that's more precocious, that's more advanced, and that's where homeopathy really gives its best, best results. And it's fun. It's, it can be really fun. Oh, definitely. And I know here at the Wellness Center and at home, we found it, it's fantastic. And things you mentioned, PMS, either the cramps or the irritability, we've had unbelievable results. And what's wonderful is you're not adding hormones into the system and you're you're working people are I guess getting empowered that on some of these self-limiting conditions they can understand what how they're feeling and not say well I'll give it another four days and then if it isn't better I'll go see the doctor mm -hmm. and I really want to highlight one of the points you said which goes with any type of therapy you don't just keep taking it over and over and over again hoping it's going to work if you're getting worse. If you use, whether it be a homeopathic medicine or something else, we try to tell everyone, if you see improvement, that's great. If you don't or you're getting worse, that's when you seek professional help. And I think that's so important. And we don't, we don't do that all the time. We just say, I'll mm -hmm. give it another few days. And if it is something critical, days can make a difference. And so I guess that leads us into another question that I think over the time w we have made homeopathy way too complicated and mysterious. And 
you know, people come in and say, what happens if when I take the remedy out of the vial and I touch it, do I have to throw it out? Or I took my remedy and I ate, you know, 15 minutes later, I read that somewhere you can't eat for two hours on either side of the remedy. Or I walked by someone who had perfume on that negated my remedy. What, what about all these things? Is that, are those truths or the myths or... I, I think they are myth, and they they have a, a very interesting origin. Uh, the be very beginning of uh, of uh, homeopathy about 200 years ago, the first homeopathic physicians were really testing and uh, trying trial and error what works, what doesn't work, communicating between themselves. But one thing that was common to the first homeopath was. We start by asking the patient to have the best possible lifestyle. Okay, decrease the coffee, uh, don't drink too much alcohol, take a walk every day, exercise, drink, breathe fresh air, and so on. So, <coughs> with time, this translated into things like, at this time, you know, 200 years ago, you didn't have any toothpaste, so people were constantly chewing little uh, mints or uh, uh, tablets of violet or licorice, things like this, which have a pharmacological action. So, to be absolutely certain that the action of the medicine they prescribed was due to the medicines and not to any other substance or other, you know, other drugs or even tea or coffee that the patient was taking, the first homeopath said, no, no, I want you to really <coughs> follow my prescription. Do not take anything else. And with time, as the action of the medicine was more um, known, the, the, the directions of the homeopaths changed and said, okay, uh, it, it, what, is, what is important is really you take the medicine at a certain time. So, however, you had still myth, probably uh, due to the fact that some homeopaths were a little bit, you know, use a, a little bit more power than probably they should have. Mm -hmm. And said, no, no, no. If you take, if you drink that cup of, of coffee, the entire eight-month treatment that we've done and provide you relief will will disintegrate you know yeah. to start over so <clears throat> a lot of this myth with mint with coffee with uh, are, are just that myth now for the touching the pellets it is you know that uh, uh, homeopathic medicine most of them but not all of them most of them are very diluted so it is very important for the manufacturers to uh, control precisely that the medicine is applied on the neutral tablet or pellet. Is the neutral tablet or pellet are medicated with the right amount and only the amount. So <clears throat> the medicine is very, very protected. And we say to the people, you know, try not to use your, your fingers because we really don't want to contaminate them and even at the last minute. But <clears throat> I can tell you, a short story. When I started with homeopathy, my uh, job was to manufacture medicines that were taken by uh, farmers, people who were raising turkeys. Okay. And those were big buckets of medicated power that they put in the, the water that the turkeys were drinking every day. 
and they were decreasing the mortality of this turkey by some kind of turkey flu uh, by a, a, a substantial percentage so they they really but they were pouring that powder in the water for the turkey so after a few hours you can imagine the quality of that water but yeah. not clean but the medicine still worked so i would say because we are human it makes sense to act rationally and try not to contaminate the pellets but if you it's your five last pellet and mis by mistake you put your finger on it the medicine is mostly inside the pellet anyway so you're not ruining the treatment <laughs> okay that that's great because with a lot of the myths when people come in about homeopathy it almost makes it if you go by all those older thoughts it makes it almost impossible to take your remedies properly so mo a lot of people say it's too complicated mm -hmm. and I look at it that homeopathy is almost the easiest way to go for acute conditions you know we don't have we make we make it more complicated ourselves it really shouldn't be I agree with that and uh, there, there is always when uh, you know some physicians are using a little bit of uh, they are a little bit directive mm -hmm. because that's part of their treatment that's part of the interaction but when it's overly complex the uh, compliance to the treatment decreases so it's not good yeah the homeopathy is quite simple there is a great deal of latitude and and things that uh, you you can do with homeopathy and you shouldn't do with conventional treatments okay so now um, for our listeners, they may not understand when certain remedies should be used, but there's a remedy, Arnica, which is very good for bumps and bruises. It can be applied topically or internally. What would happen if I, let's say, a different remedy might be the better remedy? Let's say I should be using for my stiffness in my joints, Roostox, mm -hmm. but I take Arnica. And Roostox might be a better remedy. Am I doing myself any harm by taking so Arnica? When the, the, what is important in, the, in this case is to look at the level of, uh, of uh, dilution. And to simplify, we'll take medicines, homeopathic medicine that are 4C and above and uh, medicine that are four, uh, 3C and, and below. Okay. So the, the, the simple fact is when we are dealing with homeopathic dilutions 4C and above, uh, my image is that um, if you're in a house and uh, you don't have the key to that particular room, nothing happens. So you may have the symptom, which is the stiffness, but if you don't have the right medicine, nothing happens. There is no stimulation. So, but the medicine is too diluted to have any toxic effect. That's why I'm saying nothing unfortunately for you nothing happens you use the wrong medicine but the good thing is that it allows us on that base to create what we call combinations that means to say mo let's say the three or four most popular medicine for stiffness and joint pain are these that and that rustocks and maybe arnica also let's put them together on a tablet so you in that case, the person who doesn't know very much homeopathy can take the medicine. Chances are one or two or three of the medicine will work, but the other will not have any toxic effect and cause any side effect. So we're using that uh, 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 image of uh, if, if, you have, if you don't have the key, 
the, the door doesn't open uh, to our advantage and creating medicines that are sim sometimes a little bit more simple to take. And you just walked right into my next question I was our comment I was going to make is the combinations whether it be liquids in some of the cough syrups or in the pellets or some of the other solutions that the the quality manufacturers are really trying to make it even easier so if you have allergies instead of trying to find the one remedy that's going to help relieve your sneezing and runny nose they put a few of them in or sore throat or menstrual cramps or hemorrhoids you know mm -hmm. a lot of the self-treating things when sometimes I hear from some of the classical homeopaths that that is not a good way but I think it's your your philosophy if it's a self treatment i think if someone doesn't understand homeopathy or have a good understanding of the different remedies isn't a combination a great way to try well uh, uh, you know one thing that should be done is is uh, we should strive to give as few medicines as possible correct that's always a good rule uh, 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 classical uh, homeopath follows the you know will do everything in his in his power to use only one medicine uh, for various reasons and so on but uh, unfortunately we are not in a in the type of world where homeopath skilled homeopathic physicians are not uh, there are there are many but they are not as common as uh, you know pharmacists for example so <coughs> The good, the good thing is that we can, as I said, combine several medicines, but it has another advantage. Let's take a look at, uh, for example, the cough syrup. <coughs> In a cough syrup, uh, you have ingredients for each stage of the cough. If it starts very dry because it's a, a cough from irritation, you don't have any phlegm, but you're, you're coughing, it's dry, keeps you awake at night. So we can put medicines specifically for this, for this um, stage of cough. But when the cough starts to evolve and more phlegm is produced, then the goal is to have this phlegm more fluid, more loose. So you have in the same syrup medicines that will target this and help to uh, the expectoration. So that's another advantage of combination. The uh, same thing with cold, you can target different stage stages of the cold we don't have to change the medicine when it's well uh, formulated. Excellent. Um, another question that, that I'd like to ask you, if I have, let's say, the cough syrup or I have some arnica for bumps and bruises and sore muscles, do I have to have a different one for my teenagers and for my six-year-old? You know, is it different? Is it like the pharmaceuticals that, depending upon your weight, it's a different amount of pellets or a different potency that you use? In general, no, <clears throat> because the nature, what we know about homeopathic medicines, about their nature, is that they do not work by the their quantity, their amount. In conventional medicine, if you take uh, aspirin. Uh, 81 milligrams, you will not have stomachache, you are just, just a blood thinning, blood thinning effect. But if you take 500 milligrams of aspirin, you will bleed more, and if you take 1000 milligrams, you will have stomachache. So, <coughs> dosage 
is adapted to the conditions, of course, but the weight of the patient, the mass, the body mass of the patient. With homeopathic medicine, we think that they act by stimulation. And it's not the, uh, it's not the quantity really that matters, it's more the quality. So we give the same dose to uh, a child than to an adult, with a few exceptions. For example, I was talking about cough syrups. The, the throat of a child is smaller than the throat of an adult, so usually you need less syrup to coat the, the back of the mouth. And uh, we limit, for example, we, we give half a dose of syrup to children <coughs> as compared to adults, but it is not because of the really the active ingredients, it's because we just don't need to have so much of the syrup itself, the raw syrup if you want, to uh, coat the throat of a child. Okay, good point. So now going to remedies either in the <coughs> liquid form or in the pellet or tablet form, if someone is taking the pellets, does it have to be, you know, according to the label, exactly five or if it's ten drops if they happen to get twelve drops or nine drops or four pellets or six pellets does that generally make a big difference in the therapy it looks like the number of of pellets uh, that those rules are mostly influenced by the uh, surface the area of contact between the the mucosa in the mouth mm -hmm. uh, where the absorption takes place and the pellet itself that's dissolving. Y it looks like uh, uh, you need to have a sufficient area of contact. Uh, in, in France about, uh, about 30 years ago there was a big movement to start to see, okay, let's try to agree, that was for educational purposes, let's try to standardize a little bit and uh, see why we're taking three, one, five or ten pellets. And uh, a lot of physicians were asked to fill a questionnaire and answer, give their opinion and, uh, and their, their whys, empirically of course, and uh, the consensus was that was less than five gives less reliable results, more than five doesn't add to the result. So the consensus was to say take five pellets, it's simpler for everybody and um, makes it makes it um, mm. easier for for the prescriber and the and the patient. Now for the liquid, uh, uh, the, the the standard was in fact uh, ten drops, uh, but we in the U.S. we are losing far less liquids than uh, than pellets. But I would say I would I would say equivalent roughly five pellets and ten drops. Okay, and I guess that leads into um, the next the next question. If so, the way I I'm understanding what you're saying is, if I have a higher level, let's say of of muscle ache, taking mm -hmm. ten pellets or twenty drops wouldn't work any better. You're you're better off taking the medicine a little more often you'll get a better effect than taking two. It's not like you mentioned aspirin. If you have a little headache, you take one. If it's a bad headache, you take two. This homeopathy is different. 
it's different. It's um, uh, marking the action of the medicines, marking to a stimulation. Uh, so the rule is the more intense the symptom, the more often you can take the medicine. So for example, uh, let's take a sciatica pain where really you, you suffer all the time. You try to find a good position and it, it bothers you night and day. Mm -hmm. Then you will use the medicine, for instance, hypericum. You'll use it in a high dilution because it's a neural pain and uh, the high dilutions will work better and you will take it up to every 20 minutes. Okay. Now, if the medicine is well chosen, you take that maybe for the first hour, 20 minutes, and then as you feel better, you will naturally take it less often every 30 minutes than every hour and you'll decrease with improvement. So should the pain come back, you increase the frequency again and you do the same thing. So the, those, the, the frequency uh, of the dose is directly uh, related to the intensity of symptoms. Okay, so this one thing that I really like about or love about homeopathy is it makes you listen to what your body's saying because most of us a lot of times are oblivious of, to how we really feel. So if your your symptom isn't is very intense, not getting better, you take at first you take it a little more often. If you're feeling better you don't have to keep taking it at that rapid frequency so it's mm -hmm. basically you use it as you need it not take it three times a day for 10 days like we do with antibiotics and things like that yes it, it's a little bit different and in fact what i like the more i, I study uh, uh, the origin of homeopathy and what it what exactly it is uh, I, I always tell people you know we tend to look at a symptom uh, as something that is uh, bothering uncomfortable and we should get rid of it but when we think a little bit the symptom is the outcome of how our body reacts it's the a process that of course sometimes is not comfortable uh, it's designed to alert us to okay you need to do something uh, but in a sense the symptom is the best way our body reacts against the cause of the, the problem mm -hmm. uh, very often maybe not always but very very often especially for for example colds uh, lots of people they have a cold they have the sniffle that's not very nice uh, so they take a decongestant well if you do this you completely counteract what nature or what evolution has selected to be the best possible answer to a viral inf uh, infection in the nose. That means increasing the secretion of, of, uh, of the, the, the mucus from the nose. And with homeopathy, you go through your disease, you go through your symptoms faster. Mm -hmm. You don't counteract them, you go just, you do your disease, that means the body does what it needs to do, but much faster so what I'm, I, like, I like that what I'm hearing is that homeopathy is helping the body do what it's trying to do as opposed to blocking a symptom exactly and that's one of the possibilities and at the same time the limit of homeopathy as long as the body is able to react efficiently homeopathy can be used but if the possibilities of the body are overwhelmed or if simply there is no mechanism 
to go back into a healthy situation. Like for example, people who have diabetes type one, their insulin doesn't is not secreted, doesn't work, and there is no way anything can stimulate that secretion anymore. That that's not an indication for homeopathy. However, you can use homeopathy to treat uh, uh, consequences of, for example, a diabetes. You can improve the microcirculation in the in the feet or in the retina by using uh, arnica, for example, and delay the evolution uh, the, of, of, of diabetes in some, some cases. But <clears throat> if the body cannot react by itself, uh, homeopathy logically uh, has a very limited action. Great. Christoph, I could chat with you probably till another six eight hours without even thinking about the clock but i think it's time that we should wrap this up what i would ask you and i'll sort of put you on the spot do you think going forward i could um set up another time for us to talk maybe as we get near winter time to even talk about some of the winter remedies and how to help select a remedy to make it easier for people for the self-medication because just simple things like for sore throat there must be 10 or 12 different remedies out there maybe even more for sore throat but there's very easy ways to narrow it down so would you be willing to come back on and we could go into some deeper specifics I would be delighted. I would, I would be honored, and it's a, it's really a pleasure. So okay. yes, you can count on me for that. Thank you so much for joining us, and I look forward to speaking again. Have a great day. Thank you, Gary. Have a great day. Bye bye. Bye.